Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Patty Dominguez here with Tim Wambeck, and this is episode 110 of the Boss Free Society podcast with John Rude, who is incredible. He is a founder of Kibli, and he's going to be talking about his whole journey about being an entrepreneur and finding out the lessons throughout the way. And I love the way he has a very uh, crafty story around this concept of persistence and what he has been able to develop and just the overall mindset that he has about being a millionaire. It's really pretty impressive. So here's the thing. You are going to hear some pieces of the interview that are kind of choppy. And unfortunately, the sound quality was a little bit kind of iffy on this one. However, we did want to run with the show because the content is just so good. So you just have to excuse us, bear with us, just listen to the lessons. Don't worry necessarily about the sound so much. So hopefully that's good. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. That's what makes you a Boss Reballer. Make sure to connect with us on Twitter at Boss Free Society. And of course, on Facebook, Boss Free Society Dojo D-O-J-O is our fan page. Hope you're doing great. Enjoy the show. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Patty, back in the studio. It's never, it never gets old. I love interviewing all the great guests that we bring to our boss free listeners what do you what do you think i think that our next guest is super impressive especially because of his age and what he's been able to accomplish and it looks like he's doing some exciting new stuff you have a really kick-ass quote don't you tim yeah so this is you know we we, when we bring on our 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 guests we always kind of do some type of research and you know figure out which which direction we want to go in and everything so our guest, what I did was I looked on his Facebook page and he, he put up a status update uh, just a little while ago that I thought would be just a perfect introduction to what, who he is and what he's, what he's doing. So first of all, our, our guest is uh, John Rude, and this is what he said in his, on his Facebook uh, page not too long ago. I'm on a completely new business venture with launching my software company, Kibley, but I'm not worried at all. I'm fine putting a year's worth of work and thousands of dollars on the line because I have failure insurance. It's called persistence. And then he says, quitters never win and winners never quit. So the Boss Free Society podcast would like to welcome John Rude. John. Hey. <laughs> that is so – literally, Tim told me when um, just before we jumped on and I looked over on your Facebook and I was looking, I was like, holy crap, that's a quotable? It's not only a quotable, but, but that's the kind of – that's the kind of thinking that's going to take you for sure to the next level. I mean, how did you do find this thinking? Did you grow up with parents that taught you that mindset is super important or how did this work? Well, to be honest, I, uh, I grew up in a completely like opposite than that, uh, home, you know, like my, my parents were pretty average, you know, mediocre. We didn't have any money at the end of the month and, uh, you know, they didn't really have any good mindsets at all. And, you know, it was really negative. So, like growing up for the first 
three years of my, my own life, uh, I really just struggled with everything I did because it was always like based in negativity and uh, no positive mindset. And so for like four and still even to this day, you know, I'm basically always focused on increasing my own mindset to be better and more achieving. And uh, so it was really something that I grew up completely opposite, but I had to like personally work on and change myself. But how did you have the awareness, though, the awareness that the way that you were thinking would compromise your future? Well, you know, I, I kind of looked at my surroundings and I was like, I'm, I'm making like no money. <laughs> I, I'd have, you know, a couple friends, but I'm not a super popular guy. And, you know, what can I do to make my life better? And so, you know, I basically started looking into this Internet uh, marketing stuff. And one thing that's really cool about internet, internet marketers is that, you know, a lot of us are really uh, positive, you know, and they, uh, we're really, really passionate about personal growth, personal development. Okay. So are there any, are there any specific go-tos, any masters that you've read where the light went on? You're like, boom, this is it. So I read some NLP stuff and I started getting addicted to that like it was crack. And uh, so I just started going through that and, uh, you know, I really loved it. Um, You know, whenever I heard and it was just pretty much kind of like an assimilation of, you know, reading really, really successful people, you know, Warren Buffett, Sam Walton, um, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, you know, all those guys, you know, they they can't help it because they have such like a, a positive, such a good mindset, you know, that's enabled them to do what they do that. I really just started kind of picking up on some uh, subliminal messaging from them. Mm. So, what would you? What are some of the hurdles that you had to overcome? In, in, well, in like, let's say with your mindset. With my mindset, okay. So, basically, when I first started, I was uh, I, I thought that you know sales was one big thing because my dad was like a really he's an ex marine, so I kind of grew up in like a boot camp. Uh, childhood and so basically everything with him is like oh we just do it the hard way you know and it's uh, <laughs> you know sales are like oh if they don't want it they don't want it you know if they do they're just gonna buy it and uh, so basically I had to realize that that people needed to be coaxed and led and you know you have to fully show them why they need you know or or motivate them to to kind of like take your service and I realized that after making like four grand in one year a full year, I made four grand uh, detailing because I started a detail company, and uh, that's when I realized that, like, oh man, I got some stuff wrong here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I started looking at that, and I was like, well, my sales process is really, really like, hey, buy this, you know. And it, it was just kind of absent uh, of any heart or character or emotion. And uh, that's when I realized I was like, okay, so I got some stuff to fix, and I just kind of spent like a hundred hours on uh, Google <laughs> trying to Google. How to not suck, I guess. <laughs> How to not suck at selling. That's actually a good title of a book. So, <laughs> so t- talk to us about your background. How, do, how long have you been an entrepreneur? Always? Did you ever work for a boss? Yeah, I did work for a boss. Um, so my first business was when I was 12 years old. Um, I had done chores since I was like 10 to save up for, um, I don't know. But I was saving up for something, and one day we were driving home, and on the side of the road, I saw some dude selling, like, these crappy equipment, right? But in that crappy equipment was a lawnmower. So I went over. We had my mom stop, and I was like, I've got $90. He's selling this for $89. So I bought the lawnmower. I had $1 left, and I went around to my all my neighbors and basically 
they solicited them for my lawn care service and uh, realized that I bought a crappy mower. It broke after like a month, but I had enough money to buy another one. So I did that for about a year. I saved up to buy a, a Mac, an iMac. So I had about $1,400. And that iMac is actually still in my office to this oh, day. It was cool. what I actually launched my first internet business on. And uh, so... That, that was pretty cool. Uh, we keep it around. It's kind of a relic, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it's like really, really resembles the start of everything. Um, and so after that, I went to work for In-N-Out and, uh, you know, flipping burgers. Uh, they didn't like me that much because I was always late and I never liked being told what to do. So they had me do potatoes all day long. So I was just <laughs> sitting back there skinning <laughs> potatoes. It was miserable. So eventually I quit. Um, oh, I found out I was actually, I didn't quit. I got fired because I'm like slightly dyslexic, so I can't count money accurately. Okay. Okay. Never could. And so I was always wrong on my counts. And so basically after like the seventh time, they just fired me. And uh, <laughs> then I was, I was a little bit upset, but eventually I uh, ended up cleaning tractors for a living. I was, uh, was power washing off like dirt and grease for almost a year on these uh, tractors. And then I was, as I was doing this like every day, I just realized that I was like missing out on something in my life. And I saw that it was headed in the same direction that my dad went, same direction my mom went, my uncle, my uh, grandparents, everyone that I knew that I just knew that that was not what I wanted my life to look like. I saw it unfolding and just turning that direction. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I got to make a change right now. So the next week I quit. You know, that's when I started my uh, detail company. And after that, I uh, I had the freedom to wear my shirt or not wear my shirt. So basically every day I was just sitting there because it's in Reading. Uh, it gets like 100 plus degrees here so all summer long. So I was just sitting there without a shirt detailing people's cars. I was like, you know what? No one's telling me what to do. I'm not making very much money, but you know, no one's telling me what to do. And uh, so basically I just, at that point, I realized that like, I'm never going to work for anyone else again. Wow. And uh, <laughs> ever since then I was like, okay, I'm not going to work for anyone but I need to find a way to make a lot more money. And uh, that's kind of when I realized that, you know, all these people doing the internet stuff, I was like, they're living like the life that I want to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so basically the guy that came through my detail shop, he had a Porsche and uh, I cleaned his car, detailed it real nice. And at the end, I wouldn't give him his keys back until he told me what he did. And uh, basically like he sat there for an hour and kind of explained what happened. And I was so interested. He offered me a job which I uh, basically just instantly closed up my three years of detailing, all my clients and everything, just tell them goodbye. And I went to go work for him the next week because I realized like, I might be making like 50 grand a year now doing my detailing. But if I want to make like like 500 grand a year, I need to quit right now and suffer through making 10 bucks an hour for this guy. Yeah. So, But so, the important thing is that he would have been your mentor, right? He mentored you to develop – the awareness, the skills, the mm-hmm. habits, et cetera. So- yeah, so I, I don't consider that a job because I, uh, I I accepted 10 bucks an hour, which was really not anything. It was just money to buy some, some, some food. And I was there as an apprentice. That's what it was. It was definitely not a job. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yeah. your software company, Kibley, and kind of connect the dots from – from your mentor with uh, the Porsche to, you know, kind of what you're doing now and how it came, came to be? So after about six months, I quit my job working for that guy, uh, my apprentice position, and I decided to start out on my own and basically launched a product, put everything I had into it. I had a $2,000 in savings, 
you know, bought the product, got it, and launched it, and it was a big flop. It sucked. And I spent about four months of my life doing that, and that didn't work, so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pull out my failure insurance and just uh, have some persistence here. So I launched another product. I didn't have any money at this point, so I, I decided I convinced a guy to partner up with me, and we used his money to launch another product. Unfortunately, that one flopped. So I'm still partners with this guy. I'm like, all right, we got to need another one. So uh, I convinced my mom to, you know, help me buy my my next, my third product. And basically got started on Amazon selling this third one. Actually, really, everything just clicked. And we just started selling and selling, and it was just going great. And our biggest problem was that we didn't have enough money to keep purchasing as much product as people wanted. Right. Because uh, they just kept ordering, and every time we were just always out of stock. And so... Basically, we finally had enough money to cover all of our stock issue, and ever since then, it was really great. But I realized that as I was selling, all these people were, were buying my product, and only really the angry ones were leaving reviews because they're mad, right? And right. So, so, as you know, like um, negativity like motivates people like six times more than positivity. So all my happy customers were occasionally leaving reviews. But almost every one of my negative customers were leaving all kinds of reviews. So uh, I had to figure out a way to get people to leave you know, good reviews on my product because it was getting my, my business shut down. It actually got us suspended temporarily. And uh, we, we sat in limbo world for about a month and a half. Amazon had like 55 grand of ours. It was like our only money at the time. Oh and so, yeah, it was honestly probably the scariest time of my life. Because right at that point, uh, me and my fiance found out that she was pregnant. Mm. And we had no other money besides what, what I was doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it all just got shut down. And then the next week, we found out that she's pregnant. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to, you know, take care of not just my wife, but my little baby too? And uh, so, you know, as soon as like, that that limbo period, uh, I mean that that motivates the heck out of you, you know. So I was like, okay, there's got to be a solution for like all the all this uh, you know angry customers and motivating the happy ones to leave reviews because that was essentially what got us shut down and what you know started slowing the sales on our product. So I created uh, Kibli. At the time, it was just like a simple uh, simple software to basically send out emails to our customers, and we realized that. If we were to able to, you know, e- email them updates on where their product is, when it's shipped, you know, uh, send them links to leave feedback and leave reviews, and then not only that, but we developed like a really, really great way to actually, you know, introduce us as a company because most people, when they buy from Amazon, they have no clue they're actually buying from anyone except for Amazon.com. So they right. didn't think it was us. Right. They thought they were just hating on the big corporation, right? So we introduced ourselves. We showed them that we're like this this small business, you know, and draw a connection there. And basically, we ended up giving value up front and then asking for reviews later. So people had the reciprocity and they felt that and they they gave it back to us in the form of like awesome reviews. And so within the period of like six or no, eight months. Yeah. So in the period of like eight months, we had over 13,000 uh, feedbacks on our seller account, Holy which, wow. but, <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but we had a hundred percent average nice. and then, yeah. And then we ended up with, uh, over 6,500, uh, product reviews at four and a half stars. So Holy mackerel. 
So yeah. then how did you That's a, how did you put that all together? Like how did you have the clarity to say, okay, from a customer experience standpoint, we need to engage with them and offer value value. Like who how how did you get that idea in your head? Well, to be honest with you, um I kind of had that idea in the beginning, but it didn't really work. So what really is is the truth is testing. Mm. You know. So I mean, like you might have an idea but no one really pays you for ideas. They pay you for what works. So we just <laughs> tested, honestly, about 100 different email templates to find out which ones in which sequence at what time got us like the most amount of reviews and then not only that, but benefited the customer the most too. And so then once we, once we did that, that's kind of like the key that unlocked everything and it, it just started uh, climbing from there. Nice. So then how long... How long have you had your Amazon, the the business that you have on Amazon? Um, so I started that, let's see, that was September of 2014. Okay. So It hasn't yeah. even been and that then, long. It's been a little over a year. It really hasn't, yeah. But we, we just scaled up very quick. And then not only that, but we actually launched uh, about six Amazon businesses, different private label brands. And uh, we're doing well with every single one of them. And uh, now it's actually gotten to the point to where, you know, we're so effective on this launch and we're so effective on not only our launch of our products, but also on our, you know, how do we deal with our customers and how do we deal with what we do with our customers afterwards that we just buy like tons of product in the beginning because we're honestly not worried about it not selling. So how did Kibli, I understand the, the premise of Kibli, but how did you develop it and how does somebody that's an Amazon seller take advantage of what Kibli has to offer? So after I developed that for me, it was kind of like this really, really like hokey put together code that it worked to send out emails, but like only me and my developer uh, understood what it meant. So I hired a full development team uh, to, because I had a few Amazon sellers that were like, hey dude, I don't know how you're doing this. But you got to tell me, like, how are you getting these results? And yeah. so I was like, well, you know, I'm using this system. He's like, can I use it? I was like, yeah, you could use it, but you're not going to be able to log in or anything. So basically, I hired this development team to, like, really build out everything, make it super usable, make it user-friendly, not only to use the templates that I use to get all those results in my business, but also just easy to make your own, easy to change things, tweak them, make them personalized for your own business. And uh, that took about a year. It took it took us like I think we've spent like sixty grand on that so far, just building out all the stuff for uh, people to really be able to have such a huge win with it. And um, basically, you just go to kibli.com, and uh, you know we have our site up there, and you can sign up from there. And uh, yeah, it just takes about five minutes to get your whole seller account ready, rocking and rolling. This is really fascinating stuff. So what what's a personal development? or growth habit that you have that made this all possible? So there's there's probably two things. The first one is, um, and I think this is really important, because I think a lot of people started out where I started, and it's that they don't really know that they aren't doing it right. They don't understand that they don't have the positive mindset, because like, I, I, I thought I had everything right, you know, but the terrible habit of humanity is our own self-deception. And so what I did is I actually launched this business because I was about 15 grand in debt to my mom. It was her entire savings. Mm. I was about two grand in debt to my partner and I, I had a baby on the way, you know, so really like my whole success wasn't from believing in me. It was from not accepting that I was going to let down my family and my friends and, you know, not only that, but my own 
life and blood, my, my little baby and my wife. So uh, I basically like started being successful for them. And then after I, I looked back, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I did this. Like I have what it takes, you know? And so as soon as I understood that I had what it takes, I was able to like look back and say like, wow, okay, so now I can do something with confidence because I know I believe in me, you know? So the, the first real thing is to understand that you have everything it takes to be successful, do super awesome, and uh, you really just need to, to understand that, you know? And, and I think that if someone were to spend a week completely locked up from society in a dark room and come out of that room understanding that they have what it takes, that week would be the most profitable week of their whole life because it unlocks the rest of their future. Um, and then the second thing is, is constant progress. Setting goals, but not just goals, they're visions. You need to see them in your head and fully. That is your future. You know, People make goals and they're just these little tiny commitments on paper. A commitment doesn't mean anything if you can't even see yourself achieving it. So that's what you really need to do is understand it's not a goal, it's a vision. And then make constant progress towards that goal. Do not let yourself fail because that is in your power. Wow, you are so right. together. Seriously, I wish I was that together. <laughs> like literally, it's so astonishing. I mean, they're, they're gr- it's so funny that we're talking, not funny, it's so interesting that we're talking to you today because a mentor, a coach of mine, was he had sent out an email today and he coaches uh, several people and he it was just a text and it was supposed to inspire and the whole gist of it was, hey guys, we I've noticed, he said, on a couple of coaching calls that people have this really weird <laughs> feeling about not wanting to fail or to make mm-hmm. a mistake. And he's like, I just want you guys to know that that goes with the territory. And I thought yeah. it was so interesting. And I boxed him back. I was like, are you kidding? Like, it's not failure. It's feedback, you know? And right. so many yeah. people that, I mean, these are people that are way older than you, 40s, 50s, that are just really stuck and mired in their own heads about being so um, careful not to fail. And you seem just completely the opposite. And that's why you've had such astronomical success in such a short period of time. I mean, yeah, you had the backstory of all the failures about being in debt or whatever, but that was just, I see it as like stepping stones to where you are now. So I just, I just want to point that out that you're really, really an incredible person. (laughs) <laughs> in, case, in case it wasn't yeah. obvious to you. Okay. In terms of Kibley, so Kibley has, I see that the Amazon business that you have is the selling part of it, like the e-commerce. And so it sounds like Kibley is more of a continuity model now, right? That you're growing into? Yeah. So Kibley is a software as a service. So basically people sign up for it and we send out you know, our emails to their customers every single minute of every single day and night. And basically it's like this automated review and feedback machine you just you get in place and it just constantly goes for your business so it, it is a software as a service because it's a continual thing um, but we're also constantly building out we've got about uh, four softwares actually in development and I'll, I'll give you guys like the sneak peek preview so uh, there's two of them that actually come with a, a Kibli subscription that one's called the feedback assistant so there's a way that you can actually get all your negative feedback like almost all it's about eight out of ten um, negative feedback removed. Wow. So we have we have an app that um, inside the Kibli dashboard basically sends you a notification whenever you get a negative one, sends you a link straight to Amazon to where you can deal with it and uh, hopefully get it removed. And then not only that, we have a, a new thing because you know I'm a private label seller. Mm-hmm. So one of the most interesting things to private label sellers is what their rank is. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself, I've got like 
15 tabs open on my phone because I'd constantly just click which one and see my rank, right? I want to see how I'm selling. I want to see which product is doing really well. And so we created this app that's called the uh, Rank Tracker. And basically, it just tracks your rank for you every hour of every day and night. And uh, then you you can open it up and later on, you know, a week, month from now, you can look back and you can see what your rank was uh, at each hour and each point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So those are going to be implemented within Kibli? Yeah, those actually are currently running right now. And we call them like beta, but they're really just working. We just want some more feedback to get them perfect. Nice. Yeah, so soon we'll end up selling those all on our own. Um, but for right now, they just come with a Kibli account. Yeah, what's what do you say? What's next for you uh, in twenty sixteen? Like the next chapter? What's what are you what are you building on? So twenty sixteen of two reasons. One, I think that there's going to be a huge change in our monetary system, and you know it's guys like us who are going to do really well because we're good at adapting at change. You know, like um, all these all these entrepreneurs, like we thrive on on change and constant like you know, new possibilities. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of new opportunities available in 16 and 17 that really weren't available to us before, you know, just like in 2007 and eight made the, uh, made a ton of millionaires. And in fact, like, I think the, the most, uh, wealth changing point in history was actually, um, the great depression made like tons of millionaires and people only see the negative side of it, but that's because, you know, people focus on negativity. So not only that, but I'm also going to be starting a uh, uh, kind of like a blog. It's going to be called uh, Life as a Millionaire. And it, it, it kind of came out of sitting on my floor one night because he screams all night long and he wakes up sleep with him because uh, he, he just like wakes up all night. So I have to sleep on my own uh, bed and I basically sleep on the floor there and I added up like all my assets and I was like holy crap I didn't know this but I'm actually kind of a millionaire and uh <laughs> so I realized that and I was like huh so people totally missed the point of like well, what it's really like to be a millionaire like I'm, I'm sleeping on my floor uh you know I, I don't get tons of sleep every night I don't go party all the time I don't have Lamborghinis and Bugattis flying around you know and I, I don't have like all this stuff so I want to start like a blog to really teach people that like or show people what it's really like being in there um, because it's really, it's really so different than you hear in the rap songs and on TV. And then not only that, but I wanted to show people that like all the stuff that they're seeing is a bankrupt lifestyle. Mm. There are these people with a million dollars, but who cares? You've got a million dollars and you can't cash a check on it when it comes to relationships. You can't cash a check when it comes to your happiness, you know? And so I, I want to teach people that it's like, how do you live a life as a millionaire without having a million dollars? You don't need a million dollars. You need to live life as a millionaire in your health, in your wealth, in your love, your finances. Um, not only just making money, but keeping money. You need to live life as a millionaire friends and your family. You know, so in, and not only that, but health and fitness, people go bankrupt all the time. So I want to, you know, basically spread that. And then on top of that, I'm actually starting a uh, thing called Azon Academy. Uh, next year in 2016 early about February or March and it's going to be basically like a whole course and uh, site basically dedicated to people's success on Amazon you know sharing some of the tactics and the principles that I use to to generate such great results in my business and uh, I'm going to be sharing all those on Azon Academy. Awesome. 
So how do you keep your head in the game every day? Basically, um, I'm not 100% perfect on this, but what I've been trying to do, and I'll, I'll just let you guys know what I do currently. So basically, I know I know what I have to do every night before bed. I always, you know, focus on what I need to do tomorrow. What's the biggest goals? And uh, there's this there's this phrase that I've heard. It's called uh, "What's going to make me the most money the fastest?" Mm. You know, so I, I focus on that, and then also focus on how can I make money right now? How can I build long term? So I try to build long term and right now every day. And then not only that, but I work during the day, you know, just a little bit. And so basically during the morning, I probably get like two or three really big things done. And then, you know, after the afternoon, I basically just, you know, deal with what's going on, people responding back to people because I probably have to respond back to like 10 or 15 people every day about some project. And then I, uh, I do CrossFit or some sort of workout every day. Um, so it's either a workout or like a massage because – you know, some days you got to rest mm. rather than just go hard every time. But, uh, you know, then after that, I go home, spend some time with the wife, eat good food is super important. Um, I couldn't stress that enough. You know, it's just having a really healthy diet. And um, and then after that, you know, about one or about 12 or 11 p.m. or 12 a.m., I start working again. And I yeah. usually work for about two or sometimes even three hours. And I've noticed that actually at night, I get probably more done at, at the nighttime than I do during the whole day. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that I kind of like break up. I have two big things going on. So I got like my Amazon company and my software company, right? So I typically do the Amazon stuff during the day and the software company during the night or, you know, vice versa. And I've actually like managed to get like so much done. You know, a lot of people ask me like how I can possibly get so much done all the time. And that's kind of like my method of like how I do it. And I don't think it's perfect. It kind of is like a burnout method. So I, I go so hard for like a week or two or three. And then eventually I just crash, you know, for like two days. And I just don't really do anything and right. kind of, you know, mope around. Oh, see, I don't <laughs> feel I so bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't feel so bad because I'm a night owl big mm-hmm. time. I mean, I start doing my work and, and sometimes I tell Tom, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was up till two in the morning, you know, one in the morning. And I'm like, is that bad? Because everyone talks about being a morning person or uh, having mm. the morning routine that's been so yeah. critical. So it's really good to hear that there's other night owls out there that can be just as yeah. productive. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking into this. I was like, man, like, why am I like this? You Weird, know? And yeah. so I started studying it and I realized that, uh, or I found out, I discovered that, you know, basically there's blue light rays that come out of your computers, blue light rays come out of your phone. And basically those are what tell your brain that you should be awake, right? Because yeah. we're used to seeing those from the sun when we don't see them anymore, it's time to go to bed. Right. And that's like thousands of years of uh, adaptation in the works. And so basically these these computers and phones really like tell us it's time to stay awake, you know, until your body burns enough like energy that it's like, holy cow, I've got to go to bed. And that's about 2 or 3 a.m., you know. So basically, like, even if you do keep yourself up through, like, exposing yourself to blue light rays, uh, keeping the lights on on your house, you kind of trick your mind that you're you're awake or, you know, just, you know, staying up past 11 actually releases the same chemicals that having those blue light rays do. So if you go to bed before 11, um, basically, you know, in between the 10 and 11 area, then you you get a normal night of sleep. You wake up at a normal time. However, if you stay up past the 11, your body's like, okay, I've got to start putting out because we've, we're obviously doing something, you know, and, and it takes priority. So then you, you end up staying up uh, until 2 or 3, which is your another reset time 
where you can actually go to sleep or stay up longer. And you'll notice if you actually push through that really tired phase at two or three, you can stay up till about uh, six or seven. And so <laughs> you can, I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, John's still young. <laughs> John's really young. Yeah. So, hey, John, have you heard of that app called Flux or whatever? Isn't it? It's Flux. Yeah. F Flux. Yeah. F dot Lux. Yeah, that, I actually downloaded that just last week. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I have that on my computer, and it's so funny because it's supposed to dim. It got has that orange haze after mm-hmm. the sun sets, so it sets yeah. your internal clock so you don't go overboard. So I thought that was mm-hmm. a good find. It, it's yeah, it's me. a great find. Yeah. What, it, what it actually is is it's actually not orange. It's actually an absence of the blue light oh, coming out okay. of it. Okay, yeah. it's kind of like that orange so look to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So the other question I have for you, as a dad, with everything that you're creating and developing, I mean, do you have a a vision for what you want to create for your daughter or son? Um, Create for them, like like business-wise or just, uh, you know, my life-wise? Yeah, just like you having what then you would call like your family business. Oh, family business. Um, I'm pretty sure that by the time... He's old enough. His name's Coda, by the way. Coda. Um, so by the time he's old enough, uh, he's about eight months now. It'll be about you know sixteen to eighteen years from now before he's really like you know taking an active participation you know on a mental level on the business. So I mean, I'm pretty sure by then it'll be totally different. I think at that time I'll probably be a real estate investor. Okay. And the reason is is because I can invest my own money into my business yep. right now. But if I invest in real estate, I can you know, get five times the amount of money I have to invest. So yeah. basically you're growth hacking. But, um, you know, it's a really, really, really hard skill to learn. So I figured I'll make the money the way that I know how to make money right now and then, you know, test and probably lose a lot along the way until I figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I think by then that's what it'll look like. You know, we currently have a few houses in Memphis, Tennessee, that we're actually renting out, um, you know, cash flow real estate. We, we basically just buy them and we fix them up. By the time we fix them up, we refinance um, them for more than we actually paid for them. So we get our capital back, mm-hmm. and then we actually put a renter in it, and we make cash flow on that every month. So we're doing that right now. Nice. Um, you know, great. By the time he's older, I really think that we'll have something really substantial in the real estate area. Yep. And then not only that, I'm not going to give him anything. He's buying his own car. Uh, <laughs> he's going to learn how to become an entrepreneur on his own because if I, if I give it to him, I'll cripple him. It's That's just great. like sticking him in a wheelchair mentally. So. Mm. I'm going to do everything I can to make it even harder on him. So he has super legs. <laughs> super legs. Yeah. <laughs> die hard. Die hard. <laughs> All right, John. Uh, last question. Uh, what sage advice can you offer our Boss Free Society listeners? Something they can do in the next 24, 48 hours that will help move their business forward. All right. So, you know, there's nothing more powerful than your mindset. So I'm going to say three things. First is understand that you are capable. If you don't think that, if you don't think that you you have the power to do what you think you want to do, you need to take some time, however long it takes, whether it's a day, an hour, or even like a month. Just focus on that until you really fully can see yourself achieving it. You know, you need to get that vision crystallized in your head of like what you're going to be accomplishing, where you're going to be. Because this isn't a goal, it's your future. So see it as your future. Do not see it as a goal. Mm. And uh, basically make progress towards that every single week. Uh, I work almost every day except for Sunday, you know, but every day I always focus on making progress that day. So, you know, make progress every day that you're working. Um, 
And then I think the last thing is is be generous. Um, one thing that I, I've learned more than more than anything is that I've actually gotten so much more opportunity by having generosity uh, than you know like stinginess. Like for example, there's this guy that wanted to partner with me on an Amazon business, and I said part of the deal is is you don't get to do another Amazon business. You only get to do the one that me and you were working on. He said, all right, well, I'm going to see you later. And so to this day, he's still broke. Mm. And every single partner I've ever partnered with on Amazon, when we launch, we always you know, get about $1,000 a day in sales. So it's funny that he kept 100% of nothing rather than split <laughs> 50% of something. Right, you know? right. And so I think the, the, real, op- the real thing is to, to be generous, open-minded, and you know, make constant progress. Awesome. There you have it. John Rude, you are so smart. Sage advice from an entrepreneur who knows. All your links from you, your social media handles, as well as more on Kibli will be in the show notes. And thank you so much for being part of our show. Loved it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page. Twitter at Boss Free Society or join our group of other boss free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook. <laughs>